All right, so then we get this beautiful moment that Ali so wonderfully described of the switcheroo and their their little faces peering up over the rocks. This big pouncing moment, the yelling, the thumping, the line shouts, put them up! And then finally, our trio has appeared and they have transformed. Wouldn't it be cute if Toto had like a little winky outfit? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do have to say, so let me set the scene of the stage for me watching this. <gasps> yes. So I'm watching it again with my dog. I can't emphasize this enough. <laughs> and it was raining. We had a little bit of a thunderstorm. And so I'm watching. So my, my couch, I mean, nobody's going to find the architecture of my home interesting, but I'm watching it. My couch is sort of like perpendicular to my TV. So I'm, you know, like hanging out against the like back corner of it watching my dog who is as I've already said afraid of everything is doing what he does often which he's sitting like directly behind the couch with his head like peeking over the couch his head is like he's like pushing his head back and like upside down because he's afraid of the thunder he's just afraid of everything so I'm watching the lion who's poking his head up over the rocks And I look over to the left and my big, goofy golden retriever is like poking up his head behind the couch. I should have taken a picture of it. It was so cute. (laughs) It was so meta. I think that's, I think you could say meta in this moment, but it was so funny. And then he would like look over and he would like catch the TV and then he would like look back, look back up at me. It was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Art, yeah. Art imitates life. He's totally the cowardly lion. You're so correct. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's like, no, this would be rude. I can't, I couldn't possibly. He would have said the, the, um, cowardly lion line of, do you think it'll be polite dropping in like this? (laughs) Can't do this. That's a great line. Oh. Scarecrow and Tin Man are kind of like, come on. Honestly, this sequence we're looking at is probably one of my favorites in terms of, like, what they kept in and, like, just the tone of it. Because it's mm-hmm. super dark, but there is just, like, it, yeah. my, my face was smiling the whole time. Especially this music, this, like, dun, 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 dun Like, mm-hmm. that, like, celebratory music that plays, the OEO becomes, like, a little bit more triumphant as they get up that drawbridge again in the nick of time. Like, Toto just about gets... <laughs> Over that drawbridge as it starts to go up. Just like in the previous Mm -hmm. scene. Yep. Okay, so they're in. They're in. They've made it and they just, they they pull back. They let the soldiers keep marching. They pull back and they, Toto's barking. Toto is speaking a code language of this way, this way to them. And they go up the staircase. Toto knows. We have amazing music in this whole scene. And most of this music, I believe, was recycled from previous films there may have been you know like they're getting to the end of the film like let's keep Mm. it moving what can we use to fill fill this this, these moments they went back to previous scores the entire Mm. score of the climatic Mm -hmm. chase scene through the witch's castle from the moment the chandelier descends so a little moving a little bit forward we're not quite there yet on the winkies until dorothy and her companions are cornered was lift lift it Note for note from the scene in which the French Revolution is declared in the previous year's Marie oh. Antoinette. Isn't yeah. that wild? And like people seldomly recognize these things because it's not like you were popping in a movie in a, v- uh, in a VCR and watching it again. Like you wouldn't remember, you wouldn't recognize the stuff. Like we talked about how the tornado was reused. The tornado mm. was reused in other pictures. And like people didn't really notice because 
it's literally, it looks exactly the same. It's like, that is clearly the Kansas cyclone, but people wouldn't remember because there was time in between. You couldn't really compare. We don't have YouTube comparison videos at the time. But yeah, this most, most of, um, most of this music was um, lifted out of other scores. But I really appreciate the Miss Gulch theme being present in a lot of this music. The dun 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 dun, dun, dun being present. It's so mm. well done. And it really does heighten and set the tone for them finally getting to the door, busting it open. Yeah. And then Judy coming on out of the door. This moment is super, mm. like... She's so great in this scene. It's so short-lived. Like, she's so... Yeah, her little face, like her... I mean, her performance, her little handkerchief is being clutched in her hands. Um, this is fun to know. It's not in my script, but I'm pretty sure she says, um, lion, darling. And just like her little like, oh, you ain't a farm girl. You ain't a farm girl. Like, lion, darling. You are serving, you are serving me a little Hollywood starlet. Yeah, she's got some attitude. (laughs) Oh my gosh, stop. Yeah, she has like that little sophistication about her that like, oh, we are no, um, you know, humdrum ordinary child from... (laughs) From the prairies. Kansas lady. I always forget, like, Judy Garland is from the Midwest. Like, that's technically where she's from. Like, her story is so much this story um, of just, like, you know, being implanted into Hollywood, being implanted into Oz. It's so wild in that way. But, yeah, this all sounds like the flight of the bumblebees music. This is where I kind of feel that frenzy start to pick up. Yeah. Allie, I'm curious, do you have any memories from your first experiences watching the film as we get into this, like, chase scene? Because now this oh, is, like, we're getting wait. into this, this big it. climactic this is moments. It. Like, this this was one of my favorite moments as a kid. Is there anything as we get into this confrontation with the witch that you remember? Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, and I must be wired this way, because this is kind of how I feel about movies, even about movies even as an adult, is that movies sort of tend to lose me in like high action moments. Mm. Like I'm not into um, like action heavy movies. I don't watch action. Like I don't watch superhero movies. I don't watch any of that. And so um, just because I get lost in it and I often fall asleep, which is like weird because that's like the kind of movie that you're not (laughs) supposed to fall asleep in. Same. And so I feel like like what I remember about this movie, apart from a couple of the moments later on that I mentioned before, where like we see them poking up behind the rocks and there's like this music and these really just like unbelievable, like cinematic moments of like looking at the castle and the Winkies walking in. I remember the first half of the movie, like really like the middle of the movie when she gets to Oz and when it turns into Technicolor and her just sort of like exploration of the land. And I think that it, it doesn't really surprise me because I'm still this way as a 30 year old. Um, like I, by the time they got there and they were actually having to like do the chase and like do the stuff. And like, it was a high stakes, high action moment. I think I kind of checked out. And so I don't have as many memories of this. Like in some ways I felt like I was watching this for the first time, even though I've seen the movie like dozens of times, but because I was, it was more of like a close watch because I knew we were going to talk about it. I was like, oh, I forgot that there are all of these like detailed moments of choreography that like got them from point A to point B while they're in this moment. Right, right. There's so much that happens. And that's a great point to put on. Like we were talking in our last episode because that's when everything shifts to the darkness is when we have that whole witch cackle yeah. in the crystal ball. 
And we were like, did you fast forward this moment? Like, was this something that you skipped as a a kid? Like, was this something that you couldn't get through? But we were actually, both of us have not, we didn't really have that experience with this. I remember like watching this. I was so concerned as a little girl. I was like, why did they drop their winky guard costumes? They should have stayed in them. Like, I remember being like, stay in those costumes. Like, they're going to find, they're going to find you. Like, I was so concerned and I was the little girl, like, when I went to go see shows live, I wouldn't leave my seat in intermission um, because I thought, like, mm. like when I saw Peter Pan on Broadway. You're another something. Well, I saw Peter Pan on Broadway. That was my first Broadway show. I was five. My mom was like, do you need to go to the bathroom? And I was like, a lost boy is going to take my seat. Like, a very just, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to leave my seat. Same thing when Smart. we saw 42nd Street, which is a little bit more adult-themed. The whole intermission, my mom was like, you just kept asking, like, did that woman really break her foot? Because, like, it, it ends <gasps> with, like, an actor oh getting gosh. injured. Um, and I yeah. just was like, is she going to be okay? And I couldn't stop asking her. So, like, this was something I Aww. fixated on. I was like, if they just stayed in the Winky Guard costumes, they could have gone out <laughs> with no one realizing. Listen to baby Tara. <laughs> Tara knows yeah. what's up. But, like, Judy, Judy wouldn't have had anything, though. That's the only thing. Like, Judy didn't have a disguise. Right. Oh my gosh, Ali, I love that you presenced that because I always say that. I'm like, the first half of this film is my favorite and then like the last scene. And I'm the same way with many films. We just watched all the Marvel films. I had never seen them because because I fall asleep. There's so many movies I've seen the first half hour of. Um, So I feel that way about books too. Like we talk about that a lot on my podcast. Like any book that's maybe has more of like a sci-fi bent or just more of an action bent, like no matter how closely I read it, sometimes I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't feel like I, I'm not sure that I followed the plot in these 20 pages because it was just constant action. And so I don't know, I guess it, maybe it's just like a brain wiring thing. Who knows? I'm with you. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I, I definitely was not in, into these scenes. They were more pleasant to rewatch now. Like they're so fun. Like the yeah, architecture, yeah. The architecture just, yeah. like, speaks to me now. This like castle the, is crazy. It's so, like, oh, the, mediev- the medieval hauntedness, like, the spookiness of this place just really mm-hmm. gets me. And we get, like, yeah. a great look at the scene. We get the witch coming up on the on the balcony above them, oh, on the, st- so the staircase good. above them, and all the winky guards with their spears. But let's talk about this stall for a moment. She totally is like, this is a weird little line that she says. That's right. Don't hurt them right away. We'll let them think about it for a little first. It's like, girl, you just gave what? them, you let yeah. them get away. You let them get what's away. Your plan of, what's your plan of action here? WWW. I was like, who wrote that line? It's <laughs> yeah. Lack of consistency. They're like, for sure. she's just like, so let them stand there for a moment longer. Like, she, she does just- that all the time. She is not, her bark is bigger than her bite sometimes. A hundred percent. Well, I still am not convinced if she's thought of a plan. Like, I don't know if she has a plan (laughs) yet. An actual plan. Yeah, I don't know if she has a plan. Just like, uh, she's winging this this out. She knows that she can't can't get the shoes with that girl alive in it. So like, how is she going to kill her? And maybe she doesn't want to kill her. Maybe she's grappling with something that we're not seeing. But then like, of course that goes, that disappears very soon. Okay, so now we're yeah. getting into, like, mm-hmm. everything shifts when chandelier. The, the chandelier drops. And this is when it, like, yeah. my heart was racing watching this again. Like, it was super fun. And, like, more invested <laughs> than I was as a child. Definitely more invested. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you all find to be really 
um, ooh, energizing, adrenaline rushing in this little chase moment? Or what did it make you think of? That that chandelier moment is dangerous. Was anyone hurt? Oh, <laughs> what was I that chandelier think, made mm-hmm. out of? Mm-hmm. Victor oh. Fleming staged, staged this a bunch of times. I believe like there was like... I mean, were I there some injuries? Did. I think there were some injuries from what I read. Like it wasn't comfortable. Let's just say that. It doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. And they did it a I bunch liked, of times. I liked the line and I don't know who said it. I think it was maybe like dialogue between two of the of the guys, but it was like we're trapped like mice or rats. Yes. That's just yes. Oh yeah, the yeah. lion. Totally yeah. lion. I mean, I can't help myself. I love him. I love him He's too. The best. He's so good. His whimpering the entire time, too. I, like, focused on him. I think when they get cornered for the last time, right before the water bucket moment, he's just, like, really petrified. Like, I watched him that entire time. Freaking out. The lion is freaking out. You know what Mm -hmm. I love? I love when she has the seize them, seize thems and her, like, shrill, high voice when they start to run. And she has that, half of you go this way, half of you go that way. Like, that moment always got me as a kid. This, like, Mm -hmm. she puts them into that this cornering plan like this this moment is it for me i love how they get cornered it's so scary seeing the guards come down the mm-hmm. two that's a sides. terrifying like, feeling if you've ever been cornered yeah the life. flames like, yeah. or too. even playing playing there's that like also if they're like pushed off this castle tower that's death that's a long yeah. drop down. Yeah. Like, it's that really high up terrifying. in the air. That ravine that's below them, there's flames that are on the side of the... On the side of my face. Flames. There's flames that are on the sides Obscure of the corners. Reference. <laughs> Obscure <laughs> reference. But it's so... It's so fascinating. Um, just to, like... I don't know. I, my heart races in this moment. I think it's so well done. Also, we didn't even talk about her hourglass yeah. crash. Like, how she throws yeah. the hourglass. Yeah. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. I love it all. I just think of her, I have her yelling at them, you fools, like that echoes yes. in my ears of her calling them fools. And I do feel for the Winkies in this moment. Like, they don't want to do this. Ali presenced, they don't actually really want to do this. But like, we've discussed, are they under a charm? Are they under a spell? They're just doing her bidding. But they're not evil. So I, I think of them now as an adult in this moment. I- I also wonder I some now like that we know that a lot of this was not written for Margaret Hamilton. So we were talking about this in the last episode, Allie. There was another actress who was supposed to play um, the witch who would have been more of an evil queen, Snow White style mm. version of the witch. So like a glam witch, if you will. Okay. Um, <laughs> I could hear her saying that like going so soon like that mm-hmm. whole thing would have been so different they're like i wouldn't hear of it like all of that yeah. would have been so different but i wonder if that was written with gail in mind or if that was like written with margaret yeah there. very different margaret, energy a hundred percent margaret does such a good job of that like why my little party's just beginning it's so good <laughs> yeah. I, just, I love it all I'm in awe. This is, like, truly where I have no comments other than, like, it's so fun to watch the scene again. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. So then we get to, yeah, the corner, the cornering. Here we are. Mm-hmm. We have the ring around the rosy, a pocket full of spears. I love that. I love that. <sighs> Little nursery rhyme, terrifying oh. twist. Thought you'd be pretty foxy, didn't you? <laughs> what? Thought you'd be pretty it's, foxy? What does that even mean? What is she? Oh, what good. is she She's saying? Like, you think you're smart. 
You're like, wise. You yeah. Yeah, you, you're not smart. Her look up at the fire is so good. When she, oh like, gosh. sees the... She, like, glances <gasps> up at the fire, and then she smiles and looks at them. Terrifying. Again, like, I'm like, there you go. I was like, villainous of, of the number one villainous of all movies. I was like, that's it. It's those, mm-hmm. like, little moments that she has that are just so good, for, especially that's for that time. That's a terrifying moment. Yeah. People weren't subtle like that. Like, Margaret's pretty subtle in her... Yeah. And her wickedness. Her beautiful mm-hmm. wickedness. <laughs> My beautiful wickedness. Um, did you know that Ray Bolger was attired with asbestos undergarments for asbestos this fire? Asbestos everywhere. Moment? Oh, no. Of course There were was. two firemen with extinguishers and a group of attendants with wet blankets standing ready, standing at the ready off camera. And this, I think there were a couple retakes. This took a while because it was kind of a big moment. Um, Margaret hated it. She hated doing this scene. Margaret hated this. And because she Rachel was burned. Her because she was burned earlier on. Did you know this, Allie? No, I didn't know this. Okay. She had a really bad injury. Like, really bad. Like, could have died. Bad injury. From the um, Munchkinland sequence. Really? Yes. So bad she was out for six weeks, hospitalized. It's a whole thing. If you're interested in it, go back to some of our episodes because it's actually insane. And, like, this is, like, proof of, like, a a different time when, like, actors really didn't have any power at all. Like, the studio system was no protection. She just knew if she sued, her career would be over. Like, she knew that. So she didn't do it. But she was in the hospital for six weeks. Um, She's also, we were just talking about her earlier. She's divorced woman with a child, also a rare thing of the time. So it's like, she's like, I have to work. Like you cannot hurt me anymore. My kid needs me to work. So Uh. she was so mortified to do this scene with Ray with fire. She didn't want to do any more scenes with fire, but they made her do this one, one last one. Um, and she, that's so traumatizing. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. And she fainted apparently at the end of the last take because she was just like, "Yeah, this is too much." I do that think I've heard that hyped. anecdote. Like that, I think I've heard that like she, the Wicked Witch, fainted during the scene. I think I don't know where I would have heard that, but I think I have heard that one. I'm sure if her. it's a media concoction, she didn't do it. right? Oh, that's so sad right. though. It's very stressful. Very stressful. She was so afraid of injuring Ray. Mm-hmm. These are the moments I'm not a big fan of Victor Fleming because he's like, there's a quote, like, no. let's try it again. Well, and Miss Hamilton, please look as if you enjoyed it. And she's like, I don't ugh. enjoy this. I don't want to do this. She was, yeah. she was going, I'm sure she was silencing every thought in her brain during this because she also, like, she's, she still has her hands, her hand was still in a protective glove because, okay. Still recovering. Her bur- one of the worst burns she received from this, um, like fatal almost fatal um burn that she got her whole skin off of one of her hands was taken off so she was in a protective it's so bad she was in a protective glove for the rest of filming when they brought her back so like not only are you like internally remembering she has the physical reminder of this was horrible um i don't want this to happen again i don't want to see someone else go through this she was also the only one who was, like, protective of Judy, too, on the set. Like, she had right. an eye out for Judy, usually, as well. So she just carried so much that I don't think, like, she ever was acknowledged and, like, 
thank you for being you. Like, th- I don't think she ever had that. Like, you you went through yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. It's so, it's rough. That's, that's so sad. I mean, she does do a brilliant job in acting this scene. They did get a great take out of her. But it's crazy that they used, you know, asbestos, something that's uh, asbestos. highly flammable. Uh, highly flammable. Yeah. Allie, would you throw a bucket of water on on someone if they... <laughs> We're being caught on fire. What would be if you were Dorothy in this moment? I mean, I like to think I would because just like my instincts would kick in. Like that's just what you assume that you're supposed to do. Right. I will say, and this might be a controversial take. I don't know. I found the actual moment of her melting as an adult who's probably jaded by a lot of other pop culture to be a little anticlimactic. Like, Mm. and I'm sure at the time it was pure movie magic and like, and, and I objectively understand that. Um, but in the same way that I, like, look up books from a 2021 lens on my show, I'm, like, in looking at this movie from a 2021 lens on this show, of all of the other, like, moments that I felt still held up as, like, kind of spectacles in the movie, this one was just, like, it was a little quieter mm. for me. It is kind of, you're right, though. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a big to-do. Like, no, it, she's I remember having, it feeling bigger when I was a kid. Yeah. She's very vulnerable. Like, and we didn't know that yeah. about her, which that also makes me think, like, going back to some of her earlier lines, like, when she's, like, trying to figure out what to do with Dorothy, like, she probably has a lot of limits that we're not really aware of, you know, as, mm-hmm. like, watchers, like, that she can't do or can do. So, like, what are, of course, being one of them, she cannot have it touch her skin, which is wild. I thought mm-hmm. I would presence the book the book lines of her melting compared mm. to the what we got for the movie script because I think it's really funny. So you tell me if you vote for the book lines or the movie <laughs> lines. Okay. So okay. this is this is what the Wicked Witch screams in the L. Frank Baum book. See what you have done? In a minute I shall melt away. Didn't you know water would be the end of me? Well, in a few minutes, I shall be all melted, and you will have the castle to yourself. I have been wicked in my day, but I never thought a little girl like you would ever be able to melt me and end my wicked deeds. Look out! Here I go. <laughs> That's look the out! And Who then is we she have saying? Drama. Who is she saying to then look we out? Have, I love it. It's like she's literally like a full narrating. Monologue. Yeah, she's narrating yeah. her her demise. <laughs> narrating and what's then happening. of course yeah. we have we have Margaret's. Her shriek and then she, her yelling, you cursed brat, look what you've done. I'm melting, melting. Oh, what a world, what a world. Who would have thought a good little girl like you could destroy my beautiful wickedness? Oh, look out, look out. I'm going. I'm going is the last line, which is so great. And then a lot lot more like, oh, so great. But there's similarities there. Oh my gosh. Ali, you're so right, though. The The monologue is long and very drawn out. Instead of it being like, boom, she's gone. It's like, it's happening. Yeah. I'm going. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's kind- we see. It makes me yeah. think of... Um, yeah, we get it, yeah. Is it Austin? I forget what Austin Powers movie it is where there's, like, a car coming at a man from forever away, but oh he just gosh. freezes and is like... The car is like coming at him very <laughs> slow, but he can move. Like he could run away from it's the car, but he comedic. just chooses 
to, yeah, it's like this totally Nothing. offers up a lot of like farce that could be taken off of this moment because it is true. She takes forever to melt. Yeah. Yes. And I don't, I don't think that was intentional. Yeah. Because as Ali presents, like this at the time, it wasn't a huge special effect, but. Basically, she stood on top yes. of a hydraulic yes. elevator in the in the floor of the stage. Mm. Her costume was fastened to the floor. Dry ice was attached to the inside Love of the cloak. Ice. The elevator was lowered, and then the dry ice came. But Buddy Gillespie, our um, amazing um, special effect man, said it was a very very simple thing to do. But I don't think the elevator went could go super fast, right. or just the way they designed it. It it took a lot longer than. It, Maybe it could have would feel more yeah. climactic. <laughs> Her costume, I believe, the first few takes was not pinned down. They did not mm. discover to do mm. that, and it went. And it apparently like flipped over her head and like oh, that's so almost funny. like oh, you know just like like ballooned her. Um, and her hat got stuck. Like all these things happened. So they had the reason why we are left with the image of just her costume there, which I love. I do love how yeah. it ends, and I love Toto like going over to their going over to it first. Um, mm-hmm. Is is because because of that, like she couldn't go down the elevator without the costume causing all these problems. So they pinned it, they tacked right. it to the ground, which mm. is I didn't know that. I was right. like, oh, this was a practical decision, not like an artistic one. Yeah, um, but it works really well. It works really mm-hmm. well. I'm really I love what it looks like at the end, but it is there. And there's also like the winged monkey makes a noise, right? It's like <laughs> like at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, it's such a weird. Noise at the end, and the winged monkey is happy, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? But I do we love realize, I, like, oh. I love that she blames right away, though. Like, she's yeah. just like, I'm going to blame you. You Look what you've done. Like, in mm-hmm. both versions, she blames Dorothy. She blames Dorothy for all of this. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder if this moment will haunt Dor- Dorothy's nightmares for the rest Aww. of her life. This is <laughs> traumatizing. <laughs> Thinking about that. She didn't like, mean Whoa. to kill anyone. Yeah. Nope, seriously. she didn't mean she didn't mean it. She didn't My mean favorite it, line but... is from the film version. Who would have thought yes. a good little girl yes. like you could destroy my beautiful wicked Yeah, it's a and good again, line. Underestimating. I think, where, I think that's where Wicked gets the title from. I think it's from that line. Yeah. I mean, also, I was like, I was thinking like, oh, what if Wicked was called Beautiful Wickedness, the musical? (laughs) Oh, wow. Beautiful Wickedness. Because I I do think this is where, this is the only time she says Wicked at all that the witch puts it into. Yeah. That's a good fact. And and then we get to my my dad's role in the movie, which is Leader of the Winkies. I Tony love, is here. I love this moment. So just a little bit about our man, Mitchell Lewis, who is the head Mitchell Winky Lewis. Card. Now, this is what blew my mind that I did not know. So Mitchell actually had two roles in The Wizard of Oz. Did you know this? I didn't know this. He was also cast as the Emerald City's high priest or the prime minister who would have been presiding over the triumphal return of Dorothy after she conquers the Wicked Witch. So it was kind of an unintentional perpetuation mm. of this whole like dop- doppelganger thing they did with um, the Wizard of Oz playing a lot of different characters as like you yeah. know, the guard of the gate, Professor Marvel, all of that. Um, he was also supposed to be another double cast character. And he was 
um, used for this prime minister role because of his, uh, his stature, his height, and his strength that he would exude from the screen. Um, he was a beloved actor that had survived silent films and was in like the last chapter of his career at the age of 58 when he was cast in The Wizard of Oz. But he was supposed to be in this processional scene that followed. And you can find mm. pictures of him. We'll put it on the Instagram, like him in a still as this like high priest of of Oz. So I thought that was really fascinating. I did not know he had another role in this movie that got cut. But um, yeah, so just a little bit about Mitchell. He was born the son of matinee idol Manuel Lewis in Syracuse, Mm. New York. Um, And he was... Matinee idol. I was like, what does that mean? A matinee idol. I love that. (laughs) I want to be a matinee matinee idol. That means you have nights <laughs> off, doesn't it? You have nights off. Um, I love that. Love it. I would, I would love that. You only have to work – What? wait, no, I used to know these things. What's the day that there's no matinee? No. There's – it would be better. It would be easier. Easier schedule oh, yeah. right, if you're just a matinee idol. I used to Wednesdays. Sure in New York. Right, Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Um, maybe some Thursdays. It's either Wednesday Saturdays, or Thursday. of course. Saturdays, Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent schedule. Fierce. Excellent schedule. So – I would want to be a matinee idol, too, if that's what my father did. So he followed in his father's footsteps. He would go to England and then come back to the States. And he would he was one of the not many actors who did do a good job in transitioning from silent films to talkies. Um, He had a gruff persona. And um, but also he had he played a lot of roles with gentlemanly interests, um, outdoor sportsman like roles. and he also himself was a politician at a time too. So he had, he had Whoa. quite, quite the life. Um, and he was in a film mm. with Gail Sondergaard right before this, right before this movie, Gail, who was the original, um, concept for the Wicked Witch. So that's an interesting little hookup connection wow. there. Um, they made sure his makeup and wardrobe was distinctly different from the other Winkies. So there would be an audience recognition. Is he in the credits, Tara? No, he is not credited. Mitchell. Poor guy. The last line, the last line about him in the Road to Oz book is given his roles in a film fantasy, a note of interest was Lewis's object belief in superstitions. He had he was totally against superstitions, <laughs> such that he reportedly wouldn't look a black cat in the eye. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Just a little uh, little <laughs> something about him. Okay, Mitchell. Interesting. Dear, oh dear. Weird things that we know about Mitchell Lewis. I love that that's, like, now out about him in the world. Like, I'm sure he never, like, wanted everybody to know that. And now, like, here we are talking about it. To know yeah. that? Now in 2021, we were talking about it. That's his it. claim to fame. It's, like, legend now. I know. I know. He was in so many films. Um, do you have anything to add on our hero, Mitchell Lewis? <sighs> you killed her. You crushed it. I just love the way he has, the way he says that line. She's dead. It's so, there's so much shock. There's so much surprise, but it's also very just like matter of fact. You've killed her. It's so good. It's like, mm -hmm. and I I also Mm -hmm. love his hail. Like it's like his, his vocal placement is magical. Like his like, hail to Dorothy. It's so great. He sounds like he would have sang. He has a great It's because he warmed up with OEO. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I almost wonder like if they did anything with his voice, like the same audio trick, because it is so just like mm, deep and luscious. And he hands over that broom. I mean, this is a big moment. They get the thing they never thought they would have maybe even got. And they thought they they knew this was going to be a hard thing to get. They get the broomstick. And if you look closely, 
right before it fades to the throne room, you can see them going into a production number, which is wild because it was supposed <laughs> to be there. You could see like a little uh, tiny sliver yeah. of like this chant of the Wicked Witch is dead just starting to switch into the song, which, you know what? Let us play it just so you can hear a little bit of it. crossover wow it's a very short song i have i have chills i love it get those harmonies and the broad love it. toe isn't love that it. something yeah i'm sad we don't get that I know. I'm sad we don't get that either. I really, it just kills me. I'm like, please, someone just one day be wandering around. I don't know. Some like storage unit and just find, and find this lost footage. footage. I don't think they saved it. I think it really truly is lost forever. Like, I don't oh, think they so sad. It's so sad. There's so much of this film that you just have to rely on people's experiences, like their oh. auditory storytelling, which it's kind of amazing too. It leaves like all this room for our imaginations to be like, oh my God. Yes. Like what could have what happened? What was this like? Yeah. What oh my gosh. Like? Well, we're that here. the end of our scene. <gasps> I can't believe it. Yay. Oh my gosh. A witch is dead. Hail, hail. A witch has died. Hail, hail, ding um, dong. Oh, yo. <laughs> Allie, I, we chatted with you on when you had us on your show, which was so much fun, but... Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners um, what to you with Oz and maybe the movie in particular is like the most lasting um, personal connection that you have with the movie, even on a grander scale beyond just like the fun facts we chatted about. Like we talked about home, we talked about friendship, courage. What is like the heart of the story to you that you hold on to? Yeah, I don't, I think it's almost separate from the movie itself in that I have a very clear memory of being introduced to the movie by my stepmom when she came into my life. And so, um, it was something that like she brought to my life that like my parents, that it was like not a thing for them in the way a lot of other amazing things that they introduced me to were. And, um, she showed me the movie and it was all sort of part of this process of like transitioning into, a new family. She is from a very big family. And so I had all these new cousins and new aunts and uncles. And so I just remember like watching it with them and then getting like a Dorothy doll from my like new step grandmother on that side. And so I think like even watching the movie yesterday, I was just like thinking a lot about that and thinking about the fact that like I had never heard the songs before. And like, it it just is like a very specific, I think almost like turning point in my life as a kid, just as far as like being part of a new family and 
Um, you know, I, I think no family is perfect and no family is uncomplicated, but I do think that like, as you bring new members into your family, you are gifted with like new experiences and new things. And so, um, maybe that's a weird answer to your question because it's not explicitly tied to like a scene from the movie, but that is definitely like what I think about when I think about the wizard of Oz. Mm. That is so beautiful. beautiful. Thank you for tying it to a specific, yeah, specific season of life. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I think this is appropriate to share. There's a story I hear because this is kind of connected to like our first times as kid watching kids watching Wizard of Oz. Um, There's a story it's in the making of book by Algene Harmons that Margaret Hamilton shares about her son who she didn't allow to go see this film. She was very Mm. cautious of him seeing the film because he was young. He was, I think like, I don't even know how old, not at the age where she felt comfortable letting him go see the film. So I'm just going to read a little bit about hit her story with how her son saw the wizard of Oz for the first time. Cause it wasn't how she wanted it to happen, which is just, oh, no. So okay. And his name is ham. Her son's name was ham. She Aww. named her son, Hamilton, Ham- Hamilton off of her last name. Cool. Yes. yes. Okay. So ham had never seen, had never seen the movie until his classmate, Michael Berman. We're going to talk about him. Whose daddy was a movie producer. Um, who was the movie producer, Pandro S. Berman invited the entire first grade of Hawthorne Public School in Beverly Hills to his sixth birthday party. So there's the age, sixth birthday party. A half hour after I had delivered Ham's, this is for Margaret's words, Michael's mother called saying, Ham had run out of the room while she was showing The Wizard of Oz. Like, if I was Margaret Hamilton, I would have been like, oh, okay. Cats Um, out of the bag. I explained, yeah, it's like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. And she said, I explained that Ham had never seen the movie. But since he didn't seem upset, we both agreed that he should remain at the party. He was fine. He just didn't want to, he didn't want to be watching the movie. Mm-hmm. So then she came and picked up her son in a, in a little bit and he climbed into the car, all smiles and joy over his loot that he gotten from the birthday party. And he settled back in the car. And then that whole little magical, you know, birthday spell he was in just was broken. And he said, mom, I saw a movie. <laughs> and she oh, said... How great, dear. Did you like it? And he said, there was nothing. Silence. Then he said, what did you do with those men? (laughs) What men? Said Margaret. You know, mom, those big tall men in the sort of fur hats. What did you do with them? Oh, well, you know, they're all actors, just as your mom is an actress and acting is just pretending. So when the end of the day came, we all took off our costumes and makeup and came home to our children silence then he said but what did you do with them (laughs) nothing dear they are not really guards I am not really a witch am I no but what did you do with them (laughs) she said she got desperate and then she realized oh wait I'm not really listening to the question he's asking I was answering something that had not been asked of me you see the witch had cast a spell on the guards And they had no choice. They had to do as she wished until she was melted. Mrs. Berman had told me that Ham had returned just as the witch was melting. So he went back into the room to see that scene. And then she said, then her spell was broken. And then they were all free to do as they wished. And I'm sure they wished to go home. Then there was silence, a sigh of relief and a, oh, 
I see. <laughs> he was just so concerned yeah. that his mother really like destroyed some men. Oh what my god. That is so sweet. When you're a kid, you don't have that separation, you know, especially for your mom. I know Lorna left Judy Garland's um, second daughter shares a story about how she accidentally watched Wizard of Oz for the first time as a little one. Like it was on TV. Her mom was out. Her mom was in New York. I think she was in in uh, Hollywood and she was called. She called her sobbing. She called Judy sobbing. She needed to know Judy was okay. She thought the flying monkeys oh, had taken her. She was like six or something. Oh my this god! This has to be. So- <laughs> she was like, "Mom, are the monkeys?" Oh my god! I can't it imagine so much. But I just also love how practical Ham was. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Like, okay. He just wanted Thank to know. You. Yeah, logistically, I just that to makes have sense. This moment answered. Like, mom, why did you? What did you do with those men? That is a beautiful story. I love yeah. that. Sweet little stories of their family life post Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's <sighs> cool. That I think tie into like all of our sweet stories with our families, like marking transitions or, you know, mm-hmm. moments in our life. I think we're lucky in the way that we grew up in a time when this movie was getting like this beautiful second resurgence. Third, I don't even know. Yeah, another resurgence. A big wind mm-hmm. had come through it that made as popular i'm excited to see if that happens again because we really haven't had that kind of it's resurgence got to. since like the 90s that was like the big first resurgence yeah that i think you I think two came are in doing our it. lifetime i think you're doing oh. it. I think it's gonna happen i hope it does i feel good about it's it so, i think it will it's too special the movie's too special yeah, yeah. i think you're gonna make it happen oh we were so happy that you this came was so and- fun on this epic adventure through a dark witch's castle with us today thank you so much for having me this was so fun thank you we're so excited to find crossovers for all people that we find very very fascinating and just like bow down to the work that you are doing on your podcast so I'm glad we had this oh thank you I feel the same I'm so impressed just by your breadth and depth of Oz knowledge Everyone go check out SSR, Shit She Read. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at SSRPod and then pretty much all the podcast places. So um, yeah, this is so fun though. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you want to continue to get your Oz on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at DownTheYellowBrickPod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at downtheybp at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.